What's up, guys? Welcome to the Humans of MarTech podcast. His name is John Taylor. My name is Phil Gamash. Our mission is to future-proof the humans behind the tech so you can have a successful and happy career in marketing. Today's main takeaway. Let's start with a visualization exercise. It's 20,000 years ago. Your ancestors are roaming the plains of Africa with a spear in their hand. They've got a wild boar or some berries in their hand. They've literally risked their lives to gather food. They might be eaten by lions. Now let's think about us. Your ability to provide for yourself and your family consists of clicking buttons on the internet. I know this is a funny visualization, but I find these types of exercises always ground me in what matters. Why am I at work? What matters to me? Why being happy at work is super, super important. I haven't always been happy at work. Um, and I'm going to share in this episode, along with Phil, some of the strategies I use for staying happy at work, no matter where I'm working. Let's dive in, JT. I love this topic. Uh, I, I think about this very often, how to optimize your ability to be happy, um, regardless of whether it's like at work or, or in life. But this, this episode is going to be kind of centered on everything about being happy in kind of your current role. So let's, let's start off with uh, work-life balance and kind of like setting those boundaries. I know that that's one of the starting elements that we can look at, most folks are working from home. So this like work-life boundary is harder than ever to, to, to put a line in the sand. Oh, totally. And when it comes to work-life balance or work-life integration, like people like to position this and say, well, you know, you should have a work-life integration or whatever. Like being a workaholic, if that's what your passion is, great. That's your life. But if you have kids like me, you have, you know, ambitions outside of work, you just want to have fun you got to have a boundary. And I have so many stories of my own career when I didn't have this boundary and it just totally messed with my happiness. So like really pragmatic tip is to disconnect your phone from all of your work tools. No Slack, no email, no nothing. If people need to get a hold of me, for instance, they can text or phone me. If it's really an emergency, text, phone. Totally. I, like I'm responsive to that, but I'm not going to sit there passively watching for some notification to disrupt my sleep. And there's all kinds of studies that have just come out. Like, you know, people lose sleep over some shitty email that you get from work. And, you know, in my own experience, and I'll, I'll share this story. I, back when, back in my early career, I, I spent all weekend working on this project and I was like, I loved it. I enjoy work. I enjoy spending my time on work. It's something I do. I do like, um, I spent the weekend working on it. And on a Sunday morning, I kid you not, at 8 a.m. in the morning, I remember this very clearly, I got an email from a senior manager who was like, this project is not happening the way that you think it's going to happen. I'm totally, just totally killed. And, you know, all that work that you just did is shit. Not worth doing. And I'm like, why on earth am I working on the weekend if this is going to happen to me? Like I could have got paid to to have somebody, you know, destroy my work and, and put it on the back burner. And that's a natural part of work, right? Like you're going to work on stuff and people are going to say, you don't want to work on it. But why have this happen on a Sunday morning? And then something else clicked on me. It's like, why was this guy working on Sunday morning at 8 a.m.? <laughs> Do I want to be like this guy? And the answer is no. Hell no. I don't want to be like that person. I want to be the person who spends time with his kids on Sunday morning, not mm -hmm. sending, you know, emails on Sunday morning. 
Mm-hmm. And like, I'm, I'm empathetic with folks that worked in an office, in a physical office for like the last 15 years. And then the company, because of COVID, decided that like everyone is, is working from home. Those folks are used to like being able to walk over to your desk and ping you or just like knock on your door and bother you with questions, right? Like they're, the access to you is like unbelievable, right? And like mm-hmm. you weren't able to like snooze your notifications. So yeah, like one one thing for me is having a healthy and disciplined routine in my mm-hmm. schedule. And this isn't uh, something that's possible for every company you work for. But, you know, I try to like structure my days like Mondays are no meeting days. Uh, I usually have all of my meetings or most of my meetings on Tuesdays. All the team meetings kind of happen there. At the end of my day, I walk my dog um, and like it's kind of like my cue, like the cue to, to reset my button, like my my day is kind of over. Um, but like one, one of the main tips that I have for like developing this balance is, uh, having like a dedicated spot for your office. Mm-hmm. So like I, I work for a remote first company right now. Um, so most of the folks kind of like are all about this async world and, you know, you don't need to answer Slack message right away, but I still embody the practice. And this has been recommended by everyone at the company is to have like a dedicated spot in your house for your office for work. So upstairs, I have my office where I'm in right now and I work on my work laptop. And at the end of the day, that work laptop stays in the office. And if I'm going downstairs and chilling on the couch and watching TV or whatever, and I end up like working um, on like the podcast or whatever, I'm using my personal laptop to do mm-hmm. that. And mm-hmm. so like, it's it's kind of like this distance in your mind that like work is upstairs, it's in the office. And, um, you know, I've, I've really had success with uh, kind of making it a physical boundary in a sense. Yeah, I think that's so important. Like these physical boundaries are really important to establish. And the human brain is a funny thing. And and I'll give you one more insight and then we can move on to the next topic. But I actually have a shutdown routine that I do every single day at the end of my day. Okay, Cal Newport, I hope sometime that that I get commission for all the book sales I'm sending you. But it from, comes from Cal Newport's Deep Work book and I love it. Is this idea at the end of the day, I actually like go through a whole routine. I write down like my next day's activities because I I will think about this and ruminate on things throughout the course of the day. So I actually like, you know, write down what my tasks are, wrap up the day, and then I shut off my computer. And then I say the words, shut down complete. I am done work for the day. And psychologically, that moment is actually like, I feel a weight off my shoulders. I'm like, okay, we'll go upstairs. And then I'm going to go sit on the floor and play with my toddler and, and my 10 month old. And that is, it's so important to having that boundary. And I actually think like, even though it's a silly exercise, I know some of the things that I suggest on this show are super silly computer sign-in sheets and things like that. But we've got to, you know, we got to guard our own attention and our own focus. And if you're focused on work when you should be focused on your real life, um, it's a problem. So I want to move on to the next topic. And this is something that, that was, I never realized was a problem for me until somebody pointed it out. And this is the idea of letting go. And you know, for me, it was a new employee who came on and he came on and he was an inspiration to me right from the get go. But one of the things he said to me, because he was taking over some of my responsibilities and he could sense the tension. I was a solo marketer for many years. I carried marketing on my shoulders and in my own head, at least for a long time was, Hey man, you've got help. Let go. And letting go of projects was my hard thing. Cause I liked, I thought I was a top notch executor, but I had to focus on other things. And you know what? It's so hard to let go of things, particularly when you're, you know, you have that fear, uncertainty, and doubt around, for instance, for the project things. So 
for me, it's like, it's a passion of mine to, like it's a strength of mine to be passionate. So I need to direct my passions in the correct way, mm-hmm. but letting go of things and being detached with them at some point. I'll have another tip a little bit later on on how I do that pragmatically, but I actually want to flip this over to you, Phil. How do you practice letting go? Um, I'll take a, a guess and say that uh, the guy who like taught you a little bit about like how to let him go a bit more was was Ashraf and a little shout out to to Ashraf there like he's he's definitely helped me with that as well like um, Ashraf is super chill and kind of laid back and I I really look up to him and in, in his ability to like thrive in a chaotic situation and still kind of just like chill you know guys like this we're gonna figure this out like everything's gonna be okay um, you know that that kind of thing so how how do I practice letting go? Like to me, um, the letting go aspect is almost like giving uh, less fucks. And this is like a phrase that I I love. And, you know, it's it's okay to care about your work and it's important to, but it's also important to not be emotionally attached to your work. Like when someone gives you feedback and they say that what you did was bad, um, you can either take that as constructive feedback and you can go back and, and do better next time. But if you're super emotionally attached to that project, that project, and you get negative feedback on it, like it doesn't, it, it crushes you in a sense that like if, if you were able to let go from that, um, like the, the effects of it are, are so much more smaller. So mm-hmm. It's a, it's an interesting point, especially because you brought up Ashraf. So shout out to Ashraf. You got your, your shout out in our podcast, buddy. So I hope you're happy. But he's a designer. He's a web designer. And one of the things that, that he, I immediately learned was just like he receives feedback. Like I, he's never attached to anything that he built. Like what, what I build, you know, whatever. I'm building the best thing possible. I don't know everything. And designers are well known for being extremely brutal marketers sometimes can be a little sensitive like why did you change my top my copy it's not your copy it's a business copy they paid you to do it so you know don't i say don't care about the feedback like care about the feedback and use that feedback to make yourself better but definitely give yourself that space to be like it's this isn't mine this isn't my kid that they're they're insulting this is a piece of copy that i wrote or a project that i wrote yeah. It's, it's done in the spirit, hopefully, of, of improving you. Mm-hmm. Similar to your, your line analogy at the, at the top of the episode, uh, something that grounds me in, in times of stress or kind of like anxiety is a quote from my favorite movie director, uh, Stanley Kubrick. And I, I have this saved on a Trello board somewhere where I, I actually go back to it like frequently. And so the quote is this, I'll just read it out. Whenever you have a dreadful day, take a moment to consider how small we are as humans in this galaxy. In the grand scale of it all, that bad day is virtually meaningless. Mm. I find that so powerful because like when you're so stuck in your head and like you're anxious about this like one little project, like your your mind is so focused on this tiny little thing that like this this quote just makes me like immediately step back and realize, you know, how first of all, like tiny we are in, in the galaxy, but also like you know, there's a lot of things that you're gonna do in your life, and life is like pretty long, and this one little shit day is just like a frickle in time on like yeah. the, the whole span. And I want to, I, 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 I love that quote. It's, it's probably better than lions eating your face um, quote. But I'll say, uh, I'll say this as well. Like, and I think this is the point that you would make as, as similarly is 
that like Phil and I are not talking about this mental state. Like we're not namaste every day. We have shit days. I have shit days all the time. It's just normal part of life. But letting go of those shit days is a skill that, that I think you should work on. It is a skill and one that requires frequent practice. I want to ground actually the next point I want to bring up. And I, and I think this is a nice grounding exercise similar to the Kubra quote and, and hopefully to the, to the weird ass lions eating your head quote is the idea of seeing and having perspective of your career and how it relates to your job. And so for me, this was kind of like this epiphany that slowly happened over the course of the early part of my career is that like I'm an accidental marketer. At some point I, I realized I was a full-time marketer and I kind of just fell into a lot of this. And then I, I realized at a certain point in my career that I really actually wanted to be a marketer. Like I doubled down on it in a lot of ways. I committed to it. And what I, what I decided is that instead of worrying about my job, I invest in my career. And so, for instance, your job is just a job. It could change. Your employer may lay you off tomorrow. And despite all the fucks you give every day, they'll continue on without you. You know, a phrase about the dead is they'll eat dinner without you. Right. And that's, and that is how life goes. And I've seen it in my career where people have so invested in this, in this job. I'm dedicated to this company. I'm going to spend, you know, I'm up until 11 every night working on this project and this company. And I love this company. And this company is my life. Like, yo, at the end of the day, they're going to make business decisions and they're not making it based on, you know, how much you love the company or not. Yeah. But your career exists outside of that job. And the best part about this is as you invest in your career, it'll actually benefit your job, right? Like if I go out and I try to become a better marketer, and for me, a lot of that has to do with reading, uh, practicing side projects, talking to others, like, all of this has made huge benefits in terms of my own career, but I'm not always as active on this as, as I could be. Phil, I know you're super active investing in your, your own career. Talk us through a little bit about how you invest in your career. Uh, yeah, like you really big on uh, just like learning stuff, like uh, addicted to, to reading blog posts and, and, and listening to podcasts and kind of leveling up and, and hearing different opinions. But I think that one of the biggest contributors to investing in your career is building a network. And this is not just folks that like you've worked with in the past, like it's keeping in contact with those folks as they move on to other companies and then getting those folks to introduce you to people that are in their new companies. It's, you know, pre-COVID, this was about going to events in your community and like speaking at meetups. Uh, now it's a bit more done virtually. But man, like in, in marketing specifically, I don't know if this is the same for every discipline or department. I'm kind of only in marketing, but man, there's there's more paid memberships and private Slack communities than there ever were. And it's so important to reach out to, to other humans and make connections, like just like riffing on work and like talking about their different problems. You know, I, I only have a sense of what marketing ops is in enterprise companies because I have enterprise friends that like tell me what mm, it's like yeah. and what their day-to-day -day is, right? Like I, I have folks from all over my career that I'm, I'm still in touch with, like consultants from my first gig all the way to like um, folks from last companies that um, I'm doing a podcast with right now like your your goal should be to always chat with folks make connections and try to help as many people as possible like finding ways that you can help folks if you help 50 people in your network in the next like five years there's going to be two or three people in your network that are going to return the favor and um, you know in, in turn this can only be good karma for you to just like help folks in your network 
network and, and create a connection like that. I want to talk, I'm going to kind of do a rapid point here um, around being candid. I think one of the most important things in your own career, and this is a really tough one, is being compassionate and empathetic uh, and developing these skills so that you may be candid with other people around you. And this doesn't just apply if you're a manager of people to the people that you work with, your direct reports. It actually really applies to everybody around you. And one of the things that I've seen so much in my career and it bothers me is that people are afraid to be to be candid. One of the problems there is that, that there's not enough empathy in the workplace and emotional intelligence to, to be able to communicate things like I'm frustrated or I'm uncomfortable with this decision. The other problem that exists is that people sit on that shit. And when you sit on something like you're upset about the way the project's being led or you're upset about a, you know interaction or whatever, like you got to speak up. You got to say, say your piece. You have to be willing to listen to the other person as well and understand their perspective. Mm-hmm. But if you just sit there and you're kind of brewing on crap, it'll, it'll fester and fester and then it'll become way bigger. And I think in my experience, 98% of the time that I've raised an issue, that was something that bothered me. The other person had no idea that it was an issue. And I mm. like I don't go in screaming. I just say, hey, like, you know, this isn't the ideal work environment. You're not going to get the best from me. And they're like, oh, I didn't, I didn't realize that we we didn't, we weren't totally on the same page. Let's get on the same page. And so being candid with people around you is super important. Okay, let's let's wrap up on this. I uh, I like this story. I don't know. Uh, again, I live in an idealistic world. I'm aware of this, but sometimes you got to quit a shitty job. And I'll tell you my landscaping story. I I used to work construction in the summers. I love my construction jobs. I actually really enjoy physical labor. It's so fun. It's so easy uh, to get into. Not easy work, but it's it's easy for me to go to and and enjoy my job. I ended up working in a company with some pretty shitty people, in my opinion. At least they were shitty to me, right? And, you know, every day was like getting chirped all day, you know, John this, John that. I'm like, dude, like at the end of the day, I was just exhausted from being chirped. And I just wanted to go work. I have to ask, were you wearing shoes? I did steel toes. That's why I don't wear <laughs> shoes anymore. That's, I refuse to. Um, and I decided at some point during that summer, I'm like, I am toughing this out. These people are not getting the better of me. And I wanted to prove a point to them. And the point that I proved at the end of the day was that I should have left months ago because I ended up toughing it out for eight months and nothing changed in my situation. It was still a shitty situation. Um, I've sworn that I won't ever do that again. I won't endure that. I was I was a grouch to my to my wife at home. I was a grouch to myself. I was in my head having trouble sleeping. And if I would have just quit that job, they would have gone to work the next day all the same. And I would have went out and found a, a job myself. Now, you're not always in that position. I totally understand that financially, you might not be in a position to quit your job. Sometimes I think you have to take the mental health aspect of your life and, and, and that weighs more. Mm-hmm. I think that universe will take care of you a little bit. Um, and if you're in that situation, I, there's so much empathy out there for people who are leaving bad situations. Um, and like, you know, go to LinkedIn. Like you'll find it, it happens all the time. These stories are super inspiring. So I've sworn, sworn that I'll never endure something like that again. And, and I'm so lucky in my career that I've worked for really great companies. I have no company that has even come close to that. But, you know, there is a red line. And I think you have to understand what your red line is because, you know, all those, those tactics and strategies we shared at the top of the episode, the, at the end of the day, sometimes you, you have to recognize it's time to leave. 
I've got a cool kind of side story related to that. Um, shout out to one of my buddies, Alex. He uh, was very much unhappy in, in in his past job, his previous industry. The stress and like the hours that he put in like affected his like day-to-day life, like outside of work too. And so like he just took it upon himself and he quit his job and he didn't have any income come in for like a span of multiple months. And he just learned how to code. Like he just dived into becoming a software engineer, learn everything he could about data science and like he kept applying to the Shopify internship program kept getting rejected until finally one day like he got in and now honestly like chatting with him and and we're having worked at Shopify now like I've never seen someone's job satisfaction rate go up that high like it's been night or day this guy is like way happier now Oh, that's such a good story. And I mean, that type of hustle, I mean, we all have that capability in us. And I think, uh, I think that hustle differentiates yourself. Like you can, you can still switch careers. It's still totally doable. There's lots of great stories out there. So way to go, Alex, way to, way to, way to land a job at Shopify. What a great company Shopify is too. So, yeah. So you've heard it here, folks. Um, you know, if, if you're extremely unhappy and, and you've got a bad situation, it's totally okay to, to quit your job. But um, if, if you're just kind of unhappy in some roles and, and there's ability for you to kind of take it upon yourself to be happier, you know, just remember that your job still is better than getting eaten by lines and, you know, clicking buttons on the internet. It, it could be a lot worse. Mm-hmm.